Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Green lights on, podcasting time once again. A big night of racing tonight, Thursday at Sandown Park. We're recording this one nice and early, but this is all things the Meadows for Saturday night. When I taught the Meadows, in that same line comes one person by the name of Corey Smith, and he's on the podcast once again to co-host Smithy. How are you, brother, firstly? Going well, mate, going well. It's a nice and professional uh, introduction there after... Just before we came on, you were like, I tipped the lights out last week without you, so you're, you're lucky to be on this week, Corey, but you've uh, you've flicked the switch and gone very professional as we've uh, hit record. No, mate, it's good to have you back on, and uh, your spot on last week was just a beautiful night of racing for us. I think we tipped seven of the 12 at the Meadows, uh, only for Jason Adams to tell me on the podcast the other day that he tipped eight of the 12 at Sandown, but... We're slowly catching up to the great man, Jason Adams. But no, it wasn't just uh, the Meadows we did well. We tipped for uh, the national finals in Sydney. I like Simply Limelight. I like the winner, Super Australia, of the staying race. But I thought Mr. America was a a real special in the straight track championship. You know I'm a a big fan of straight racing and Mr. America was just drawn to perfection. But as we chat, Sydney, I did the same with Jason uh, a couple of days ago, mate. Uh, How was the trip up to Sydney? I hear you were gone for almost a week, all expenses paid. Oh, I don't know about all expenses paid, but no, the, the Meadows were, uh, were very kind to pay for the flights and the accommodation. So that was good and had plenty of fun up there. And it was nice to put uh, faces to names. And, and some of these people that I've met from all around Australia, particularly through the Phoenix last year, uh, I've met them in Zoom meetings and they weren't able to come across or, or come down uh, for the Phoenix because of border restrictions. So it was good to meet these people face to face and have a chat and have a couple of quiet cordials with them as well. Well, mate, not everybody can jump on a plane and just have four or five days off because the green light on podcast, the show had to go on. And you know who it was, mate? It was me back here at home slugging my guts out while you fellas sit there and, as you say, drink cordials all week in Sydney. <laughs> You're a hard doer, mate. There's, uh, there's none that work harder than you in the game, Jimmy. Run of the week. Run of the week. Well, those who come on our special segment... Inside Info, they just win races. It's as simple as that. And this week, we had Anthony as a party on. He had two runners in, shot of red, Salad Dodger. Salad Dodger, probably more than most likely named after me. And the first of that duo was shot of red. And, and Anthony gave a bit of a push that maybe, just maybe, this is his next sort of champion, I guess you could say, reading between the lines. And, and this was him winning last week from box number one. Set there racing and shot a red down to the inside. Was that very fast? And the favourite will sail through and take the lead, settling down. Have a flight risk and going through on the inside. There came Winnington Bale as they turn to the back and wider out. Then came Landon Bale and back to the inside. Then Jebediah going down the back straight and shot a red the leader. Led by a length and a half to Winnington Bale about three lengths away. Flight risk trying to unwind. Followed then by Landon Bale. A gap in the race then too. Who's Matt followed by Jebediah and Forbes debut. Turning for home though. Shot a red is first around the bend. The favourite looks to have it safely and it's keeping it one by. Two and a half wings, Winnington Bale. Big win that shot of red. When Winnington Bale got as close as that Greyhound did heading down the back, I thought, oh, this might be race on here. But a shot of red pinned the ears back. Sections were outstanding. Run home was outstanding. It was just the, the perfect rounded out performance, I think you could say there, Schmiffy. Yeah, it was. And when you have these superstar trainers like as a party that have uh, been there and done that in the biggest races, when they when they speak, you have to listen. And shot of red does look like one of his uh, 
one of his previous superstars in Whiskey Riot. So hopefully he has a career that he did. And I do like the run of the third greyhound as well, Flight Risk, who was taking ground off Winnington Vale. Saturday's preview. Saturday night, the bright lights shining on the MGRA and Smithy. How many winners to be found this week, my friend? Oh, there's always 12, James. You don't need to ask these questions. It's silly, mate. We've got 12 and we'll find 12. <laughs> hey, I'm thinking about doing like some kind of little promo type of video or something like that. And I just sort of have been brainstorming a little bit as to what it might be. Um, and I've just got this image of Smithy sitting there going, well, there's 12 races this Saturday night at the Meadows. And you know what that means? 12 winners to be found. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put a copyright on it. <laughs> you do, mate. It's world famous now. Hey, 12 races, uh, literally 12 winners to be found. You, you never find them all, but uh, hopefully it can be the jackpot week and we can do that this week. Race one, City View Bistro, best food in Melbourne. 6.37pm for a mix 6 and 7 final. I'm going to throw this one to you, Smithy, because I have my best bet of the night straight up in race number one. Oh, this is putting the pressure on me here. I, I, I thought it was a there was a few different ways that I could cut this race, but I've landed with four Commander Tommy. I think he's got the same box as last week, and I think he gets a better map here. He can jump better than he did last week, and hopefully hopefully uh, land in the top three and be too good for them. So I hope that matches up because I like being uh, I like being on the same page as you, mate. Well, mate, this, this week we've got different books by the looks of it. Uh, Whittick and Bale for me, number one, is my best bet of the night for Beck Gibbons. I just thought the run last week was enormous. Uh, jumped really well, tried to get across to the inside, just had the run impeded, sort of turned sideways a little bit, and then down the back straight was probably going to finish closer than uh, than this Greyhound did and, and was just getting uh, in a little bit of a bumping duel with a Greyhound on the inside, lost plenty of ground, but then when it got clear, uh, whacked away okay. So I'm really keen from box number one. Whittacombe Bale, it'll clearly beat out number two, Uriana Bale at the start, and obviously Blue Demon's in great form, the youngster, and Commander Tommy's a, a big threat, but I'm very, 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 very keen on Whittacombe Bale on the each way, my best bet of the night. Race two. Uh, this is the Peter Sadler Removals and Logistics. I think a pretty new sponsor of the uh, the club here at the MGRA. Mate, who wins race two? Oh, this is a really, really tough one. I usually go through and I highlight my on-top selection and I've highlighted nothing here. There's quite a few... Uh, that can lead and I think will need to lead to win. So it's a bit of an interesting one for me. But uh, if if I had to, I would probably have to go with the eight Gary Stunon, who doesn't have to lead to win, can be strong. We've seen it win over the middle distance at Sandown. I'm not going to force you to give anything, mate, but if you're willing to, to put your... Uh... Put your game on the line there. We'll go with number eight, Gary Stun on. I'm with the red quest for extra. I think draws nicely. The, the two, I think, has got a little bit of speed. Won a, a sprint race at Shep. The three is the key to the race, in my opinion. We'll just veer up the track a little bit at Box Rise. And I think the reds uh, on the improve. Won his last two at Horsham and Sandown. Both good wins. And the greyhounded beat at Horsham. Won at Geelong through the week. So the form reference is good. So race number three, I'm with number eight here, Flight Risk. A greyhound that I gave a really big mention to in the, the most previous segment uh, run of the week finished off third in that race and, and and the way that this greyhound took ground off Winnington Vale I think was was pretty impressive from box number eight if he can run that 507 to the first mark like he did last week uh, Mr Smith I, I think he is going to be very hard to beat if he leads I think it's all over so I'm with flight risk on the each way yeah I'm also with flight risk as you said that 507 last start if it does that here 
then I think he leads, and if he does lead, it'll be awfully hard to beat. So happy to be with Flight Risk on top, and just fingers crossed he gets across at that first bend. A little bit of inside info to race four. A greyhound by the name of Orson Emmy, number four. Her form is so hard to catch, but she always, nearly always, goes well after going coursing in the head-to-head match racing. She did that uh, through the Waterloo Cup Series over the past couple of weekends. So if Orson Emmy's ever going to win a race in town, this is going to be it. Five starts to go after coursing. She went 21.74 at Shepparton in a sprint. So she's going to be a good each-way price, uh, and I think a, a very, very big chance here, number four, Orson Emmy each-way in race four. That's actually the, the only fact that's keeping me from going really chips in on the two-year Flying Ocean. I think Flying Ocean is the clear leader, but I do know what Orson Emmy did last start, as you met, uh, last time out, as you mentioned, after coursing. So I'm, I'm a little bit cautious there, but I am really keen on Flying Ocean on this exposed form that we can see here. Race 5, Heat 1 of the Top Cat Video Cup uh, Special Events Series. We're going to have a chat with Jess Hopkins soon, your mate on the on the podcast. We're going to chat about Alfie Moon, who's got Box 8. She's also got Manoli Magic in Race 12. I would have loved to have had them both drawn a little bit closer to the inside. And then Panama Canal will be no doubt running in a Heat of the Hillsville Cup on Sunday as we record this. We're just waiting on those box draws to come out. Uh, I'm with Moraine Susie, class runner of the field, but I, I am leaning a little bit toward Alfie Moon to run a big race as well. Yeah, this is, for me, if you're having a quaddy, I would just go put the big F there and have it as a field. Mm. Uh, the way I've mapped the race, I've got Fernando's Quest as the leader. So if the $6.50 that's in the watchdog, if that goes up, I'd be happy to play it on an each-way basis. But any shorter than that, and I'm, I'm probably going towards the class runners, Moraine Susie and Alfie Moon, and maybe even something on Gypsy Wyong. She can, she's obviously been a superstar for a long time. I think she's a three-time Group 1 winner as well, uh, Gypsy Wyong. Bob's up at the right time. Race 6, I'm with Play Nice, number 2. Draco Bale, Aston Velvet, the class dogs. But I don't know. I've just got a feeling if Play Nice can reproduce what he did last time here, he's a stayer that is on the up, uh, got there very quickly to be a top stayer and then sort of just plateaued a little bit. And I feel now starting to put it all together once again. Yeah, I've landed with Draco Bale, but... My query is Aston Velvet and Draco Bale have been kind of running similar first splits mm. uh, at the moment. So I think they might take each other on. And I, with your selection, play nice. I think that's the other one that can win this race. Outside of that, I'm, uh, I'm not really highly confident on anything. I've landed with Draco Bale on top, but it's not a bet for me. Race seven, wheel and go off the inside. Found <coughs> serious trouble with Draco Bale in that 600-meter race last time. So I'm going to go with number one, wheel and goer. I'm a little bit concerned about the pace immediately to uh, to this Greyhound's outside. He's got speed in three, four, five. Even the eight can begin and, and cash it in can go out as well. So not a, an ideal race, but I'll go each way with number one, wheel and go. Yeah, again, another another bit of an awkward race. And I'll go against what I usually do as a wind puncher and basically just back Jigglypuff to play. So we'll... Maybe a one by three, one by four sort of operation, but Jigglypuff tends to run places for fun, and and he's drawn pretty well for mine. Got big uh, raps on El Dorado. I think he's a, a genuine star. He's drawn perfectly here to win a free for all. Harshly graded in a sense because he's a grade four. Dusty Burbsky's a grade one um, at the Meadows, but Dusty Burbsky, we know what he can do. He can jump well and sort of just nudge to the outside. It's going to create room for El Dorado, and I think El Dorado is going to be too good. Yeah, I've lent towards Dusty Burbsky. Obviously, without seeing the prices, it makes it a little bit tougher. I think they can both run, obviously, sizzling times. Dusty Burbsky back from Sydney. We'll see if that that run's taken anything out of him. But I think um, the one at odds is Indy Honey, who I think can play. She can she can put up a good first sectional from time to time, and I think she could make it a little bit awkward for Eldorado and give Dusty Burbsky the win. 
Race nine, uh, very, very hard race. And the Watchdogs marked my on-top selection, the third rank outsider, Carry On Angel, drawn box number four. I just thought there's a real lack of speed in the race. And when she does land in front, she can take some catching. So I thought she was an each-way play. Obviously, your hero, Bale, Hilltop Jack, Plan Ahead, King of Calypso, they're all big chances in the race. But I'm going with the pace of Carry On Angel. Am I right, Smithy? Oh, I've just written question marks on everything. If you put a gun to my head, which I know you would never do that, mate. You're too nice of a bloke. Do that, Smithy. We don't have to go there. Too nice of a bloke. You are a vegetarian, so I don't think you'll uh, you'll ever be pulling a gun to my head. But uh, your hero, Bale, I just want to see her do it, though. I I think her best can win a race like this and get across. And we saw her run decent sectionals earlier on in her career, but her last... Last little while hasn't been jumping as good as I, I know she can. So it's a very, very tough race, and I'm glad it's not a leg of the quaddy. It's great to know on your assumption, too, that vegetarians <laughs> won't commit crimes. I think that's... that's well, my mum's a vegetarian, and she won't commit a crime. She's an angel, so, uh, well, so we'll roll with that. All right, race number 10. I'm with number two here, bearish, I think, drawn uh, really, really nicely in box number two. Got room at Geelong last time when the five just wanted to run up the track a little bit early. So I think it could be a similar type of result here. And a greyhound who's got a good PB at the track, 29.88. If bearish runs that, there is no doubt bearish would be winning this. Yeah, I think I've got the two and the three as the clear two top uh, selections. I've lent towards the three just with that 507, 30, 31 a couple of starts ago. I think if we can replicate the 507, we might uh, create a bit of mayhem for everything else and, and get the job done from box three, Curly Fries. Hard race, the 11th. Good name for the race, the Phoenix, December 17. I'm with Stupefy here, number one. If, if this greyhound can reproduce what it did either at Sandown last time or the Meadows winning three back, it could be enough in this race. It's not a an extremely strong event. Winnington Bale, if it was drawn any closer to the inside, I'd, I'd probably be all over that. But uh, stupefy for me here in race 11, which is a hard race. Yeah, I've had Winnington Bale kind of, not in the black book, but just keeping an eye on going, well, it's got a drop in class soon and I think it'll get the job done. But box eight, like you said, mm. if it was drawn anywhere else, I'd be declaring it. It'd be my punter's punting club selection. But box eight, where does it get to in the run? Still my own top selection. Uh, just a little bit dubious with the box. Race 12, last at 10.33 on a Saturday night. Carry on, Maxwell's the key to the race for mine here, Smithy. Jumps well off the inside, just wants to lay up the track a little bit. And the two pace runners, Ava Blazer, Angus Keeping, have drawn to his outside. Then you've got Manoli Magic, Jess Hopkins, out in box eight. We're going to have a chat to Jess to find out what her opinion is of Manoli Magic, who could potentially whip down the outside and, and try and clear them. But for me, I'm going Zimnan Bale, number uh, four on top here. I just think if the red jumps can run the two and three off, I feel like either a Zimnan Bale or a Jintoki Bale at odds, they're both going to be nice prices, could get the lucky run through the field and, and end up taking it out. But uh, the box draws everything here, Smithy, in the last. Who wins it? I'm with you. I'm with Zimnan Bale. I think there is lots of speed in this race. And like you said, carry on Maxwell does like to use a bit of the track from box one. So hopefully uh, hopefully it's not as messy as I'm I'm kind of seeing the race but I, I'd like to be out the back hug the rail and uh, hopefully run over the top of them late so I'll be interested to see what the price is in Min Bale but if it's if it's ten dollars plus, I'll be uh, definitely having a play. Let's hope by race twelve at the Meadows Saturday night, the Hawk uh, Ronnie Hawkswell can be in full flight and he can be saying, "And Zimnan Bale's got up on the rail, dashed away. Zimnan Bale's going to win the last." I like it. I like it. Hey, Fingers did, crossed. Did you know that uh, Ronnie Hawkswell uh, was the reason I wanted to become a race caller? 
I didn't know that. No, no. It doesn't, abs- doesn't surprise me though. Yeah, absolutely uh, idolise his uh, his ability to call races. And when I was a kid, I I was sitting there one day and I used to play the the Gallup Racer G1 Jockey games and I used to sit there, you know, commentating those. And then one day I, I listened to the shootout, which uh, used to go to my uncle's place and um, I'd sit there in the corner of his land room with the radio sort of just behind my ear listening to uh, the, the Thursday night racing from Sandown. And it was Whiskey Assassin uh, in the shootout when Ronnie Hawkswell said, and down the back straight, the heavy artillery's out, Whiskey Assassin around the outside. And at that moment in time, I thought the way he just described what was happening... And it just captured me, and I was like, I want to be a race caller right now. So that is why I'm a massive fan of, uh, of the great man, Ronnie Hawkswell. Hunters Punting Club. Hokey dokey. I'd actually love to do a deep dive with uh, the Hawk. I reckon he's got some, uh, some great stories over a very, very long period of time in the sport. What do you reckon about that, Smithy? We get, uh, get the Hawk on for a deep dive. I reckon that would be fantastic. Okay, punters punning club time, mate. How do we do it? Uh, I've given my best bet, which is obviously going to be my punters punning club. I'll have 25 each way, Whittacombe Bale. And I am uh, just a little bit confident here, Smithy. I'm uh, feeling pretty good ahead of Saturday night. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm going to have 25 the win on race four, number two, Flying Ocean. I think it is the leader. And I think if it leads, it's going to be awfully hard to beat. But as you said, Orson Emmy coming off coursing. Uh, could cause a bit of mayhem mm. there. And then my other $25, I'm going to have $25 the place on race 12, number four, Zinmin Bale. So hopefully I can get both of those up. Uh, if not, just one would do me just nicely. But Vader Bale did get up for me last week, so I'm clearly informed. Yeah, enjoy. you tipped Vader Bale a place, though, didn't you? Yeah, I don't, well, you didn't have to bring that up. That's all right. <laughs> we, we spoke about this. We didn't have to bring that up. I Can went I... to your, your school of thought and went the place only, and I... I mucked it up. I don't, I don't like what you've done here in the last race. You're tipping Zimnan Bale to win, and you've told me you want to have $25 a place. That's just a man with no confidence. Can I persuade you <laughs> on race 12 to have $5 a win on Zimnan Bale and $20 a place, just in case it does get home? If, if you're happy to be the bean counter for that and, uh, and, and manage to, to figure it out, uh, well, look, I thought it might have been a bit too complicated for you, so I'm happy to roll with it if... If you're happy to be the bean counter for I it, mate. Tell you what, Smithy, you're that far behind, mate. I, I'm feeling that you need a bit of a kick. We're going to give you $5 a win, 25 a place on Zimnan Bale. So you're getting a bonus $5 this week, all right? It's like getting an odds boost. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, good luck Saturday, mate. We'll be cheering for your tip in the last to make up some ground. Cheers, Jimmy boy. Thanks for having me. Inside Info. A great friend of ours on the podcast is Jess Hopkins, Hopco Hopkins, and she's been good enough to join us once again. She's in the car park walking back to her car from Bunnings. Uh, Hopco, how are you, mate? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, as you know, I said um, not sure whether to come on because it's been a moz the last two times I've been on, but uh, no, decided to join you again. Hey, I'm glad you did. Uh, you're about the only trainer that's had no luck after they've come on the great podcast, so hopefully it's a good time to turn it all around. You've got... Uh, Pretty big weekend ahead. Uh, plenty happening, though, where you are there at Bunnings. I heard just before we went on air, there was ambulances in the background. It's all happening. Yeah, it's Cranbourne for you. So no surprises. We don't <laughs> even um, get surprised when we hear any sirens anymore. Hey, what what does Jess Hopkins buy from Bunnings, out of curiosity? Uh, tomato seedlings, um, spring onions, uh, silver beets, uh, garlic seedlings, anything that we can grow in the garden. Uh, so. you, you're not vegetarian? No, no, no. I just love cooking. So, yeah. Um, and I cook the dogs a soup. So, well, yeah. Corey Smith. 
you know Corey Smith. That <laughs> oh, I do, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he came up with this weird type of thing that links together where he believes there are uh, no vegetarians who commit crimes. <laughs> okay, then. I, I That's um, a bit uh, strange. Well, yeah, he's, he, his, uh, his section of the podcast today was a bit strange, but he's been on the, the cordials, as he called it, in Sydney all week. So that might be the reason why. But let's turn our attention now to your racing, Jess. We, we don't need to get to know you because you're effectively part of the family here on the podcast. So we'll kick straight into Saturday night before we get to Sunday at Hillsville because there's a pretty big-name greyhound that you train that will be in a heat of the Hillsville Cup. We're still sitting here waiting for box draws, which haven't come out as yet. But starting off with race five at the Meadows, Alfie Moon. We're, we're thankful, Jess, because you came on the podcast and although Greyhounds like Alfie Moon didn't win straight away, the way you described them and the potential they could turn into, I think they've 100% got to in the weeks following. Yeah, um, oh, we just love him. He's the best dog gave at home too. So, uh, look, it's good he's he's gone on with it now. Um, I think just... It's a little bit of a mistake dropping him back for the launching pad, but he was still a baby to be going over the distance at the time. So, But since he's really stepped back up to the full 700, um, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's been going really well. A lot of people say uh, that they will often train a stayer the same way they train a sprinter. Do you, do you feel that you're doing the same thing, for example, with Alfie Moon as a, as a trainer that you do with Panama Canal, or are they completely different regimes that you set up? And they're very similar, actually. Um, they're similar dogs in that if you don't work them, they um, they do go a bit crazy. So they sort of pretty much, it's a pretty easy week for them. They do what they want in between. If they want to gallop, they will. If they if they just want to have a sniff around or a play with a toy, they'll do that. But, yeah, it is very similar, actually. It's it's funny, that, but, it, yeah, it is similar. It's natural ability to stay, I think they call that. Jess, race 12, you've got Manoli Magic. I... I would have been very, very bullish at the chances of this greyhound if there wasn't so much speed in the race and you had have drawn closer to the inside. How how do you rate first go at the Meadows, drawn box eight in a race with a fair amount of speed? Uh, yeah, not ideal. I can't say the words I said when I seen she drew the pink. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as you said, the pace in the race is a big worry. Um, and, yeah, if, look, on her trials around there, she's not even an inch off the running rail. So she'll be heading left at box rise. Um, I think the seven's a bit slow out. So she might miss it, but she'll be putting pressure on those dogs inside. Hopefully she can sort of get the sweeping run around them. Hopefully there's a bit of trouble in the middle. Otherwise, she's going to have to run five dead to clear them pretty mm. much, which I'm not sure she can do that. Um, but, you know, she should be going low fires judging by her sale runs. And, look, she ran it out okay. She'll run home in 1230s, which isn't strong, but it's strong enough um, if you're running quick enough down the back, which she should be. Um, I wouldn't want... I think there is one strong dog in the race. I actually, the name escapes me, but if she's in front, she'll give it a, a good run for the money. But yeah, much prefer off box two or three or something. Yeah, myself and Smithy agree that the way the race is, Zimnan Bale, I think, is the strong one you'd be thinking of, drawn box number four, who might just get the, the lucky run in the race. But the way you described um, Manoli Magic is exactly what I thought, whooshing down the outside in the run of the first corner. And like you say, we'll probably have to go five flat early. But I thought the key to the race, Jess, was number one, carry on Maxwell. He jumps, he veers up the track. If, if he happens to crowd the two and three, which I think is a high possibility, I thought the race either opens up for you out wide to come whooshing across and lead or, or the back markers to get lucky through that first corner, the, the likes of Zimnan Bale, Jintoki Bale, who can run on at the end. So it's an interesting race, though, isn't it? Yeah, I actually seen it the same way. I was happy when I seen uh, Maxwell off the red. So, um, like, he's not a wide runner by any stretch, but he certainly won't be heading across to the rail. So hopefully with her coming one way and it the other, it might um, 
Might help. Um, I'll have my eyes shut going in that first turn, though. You're going to be pretty busy over the weekend. Last race, 10.33, Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> you'll go home, get a few hours sleep, if you can sleep, because the kennel superstar, Boo Nanas, <laughs> I speak of Panama Canal, Jess, is racing in a Hillsville Cup heat. We don't know what race. We don't know what box. What box are you hoping for? What race are you hoping for? Uh Oh, the easiest heat will be nice. Um, and look, the main thing with the boxes is, you know, something inside him not wanting to go right and something outside not wanting to go left. I think that's the main thing. Um, I generally like him going in first. So I'd be, you know, box three, five or seven or something. But I wouldn't say no to the pink. We've seen him. I mean, I know it was in a mix six, seven final, but he walked out and still went past and went 1640 something off the pink. So it is good having a dog like him. I don't generally have to worry what box he draws. It's what others draw. Um, we just need a clear run. By the sounds of it, you said you don't want box one. No, I definitely don't want box one. Um, I couldn't believe, um, I know Mitch White, who handed Power of Buddy and myself, uh, laughed that Power of Buddy let him, I think he was a length in front off the mat in the arrow. Um, we sort of drew up level with him. But, you know, 660 early, I think it was on the clock at the track. It'd be a bit quicker on his form. But, yeah, box one's just a... I, I don't like it at heels or one bit. I know it's mm. got a good, uh, st- I think st- statistically it's got a good record, but no, um, anyone yeah. you talk to, we don't like it. Yeah, it's not the advantage that you get on a circle, that's for sure, even with the stats. I think it's still up there, but considering it is the inside, it's not what it normally is on, on any other track. Now, he'd come back from injury, Panama Canal. Um, he went to the Arrow. He raced competitively, but obviously he's gone ahead from that because that last start win, Jess, was, was simply outstanding. Yeah, that's what I was expecting the week before, to be honest. And, um, he was just lacking match fitness, obviously. Uh, like he trialled, well, you you had just left, I think, when he trialled the 19 dead 10 days before the arrow. So you think he's ready to go, but he really got hyped up beforehand. And it's not like him. He's generally sleeps. Um, he's generally very good. Sorry, there's music going on in the car beside me now. But, um, yeah, he, he generally is really good, but he really got worked up before the arrow. So I think um, that's why I put him in on Sunday. Yeah, I think he needs racing and um, it certainly helped. I was just wrapped. It was a load off my mind when he when he went good because there were question marks, I thought, on his arrow run. I thought he was really – like I actually said to the owners, that's, I've actually disappointed in him today. Um, I know he still run fourth in 1912 or something, but it's the first time he sort of hasn't gone good. Um, but to see him do it, what he did on Sunday, I thought was really good because the wind had died down, I think, after race five or six as well. So, um mm. Yeah, it was just it's just good to see. He just loves it there. I know he loves going around a turn too, which is good, but um, he's at home up the straight. Well, have a listen to the race caller. I'm not sure who it was. It's uh, Hillsville <laughs> Sunday, but my goodness, he gave this dog a bit of a wrap. Have a listen to this, Jess. Canal's going to shove his way through now and take the lead. So Panama Canal led Revolution Code Cracker, then Qatari Knight into the dark without reason and Vladimir at the rear, but it's all Panama Canal. He drops them a week from the Hillsville Cup heats and he goes 1892. There's a statement. Panama Canal. Oh, oh there's a statement, <laughs> Jess. You must have enjoyed that call. Come on. I did. I don't know what it was. I might have to slip him 50 bucks, oh. sorry, for that. So, <laughs> You'd be no, the first, it, put it that way. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it is exciting. Um, yeah, and as you said, he, he did drop them, and it was a decent dog chasing him. Um, obviously, it's better drawn near the rail, but, you know, it did get across pretty much outside him. He was a neck slow early, and just, um, he doesn't, 
he doesn't care. He just accelerates and, um, yeah, it's exciting. And you were saying almost the weight off the shoulders, I guess, with that run on Sunday, knowing that he's just produced effectively one of his best runs of his career. I, I remember I was setting a dog to go to the Murray Bridge Cup and, and he won the week before at Hillsville in, I think it was 16.53. And I almost got a bit emotional because how how nice is it knowing that you're a week away from the race you've been targeting, obviously for, for some time now with Panama Canal, and you know he's at the top of his game going in. Yeah, that that's pretty much exactly right. You it's just um you sleep a bit easier. Um you know he's he's going good and it is always a question mark coming back from an injury. It wasn't a major one, but you still never know. Um and yeah, as you said a week out from the cup heats, obviously it's not just like a a horse race where you just go into a Melbourne Cup or something as your aim. We've got to got to make it through the heats. So uh it's yeah, fingers crossed and like you couldn't you really can't say he couldn't be going any better, so, yeah. Well, good luck Saturday, firstly. Dominate there at the Meadows, then take that form to Hillsville, do the same. We appreciate, as always, you coming on the podcast, Jess, taking some time out of your day before you go plant all the seedlings and grow plenty of tomatoes, basil, what was it, onions, a bit of everything up there at uh, at Junction Village. (laughs) Bit of everything, pretty much. That's the best way to describe it. Good on you, Jess. (laughs) Thanks. And there she is, Jess Hopkins, an absolute legend of the sport. And isn't she having a good run? The next couple of months could be enormous. Panama Canal to the Hillsville Cup. And you've got Bendigo. They all start to roll in those provincial country cups. And he's going to be a big contender. That wraps up another edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. It has been great fun. So until next time, punters, you know the drill here. Safe travelling and happy punting. And let's get Whittacombe Bale home, race one, number one.